Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to the Tech Cat Show on this fabulous day in February, whatever day it is, post-Valentine's Day, um, where many hearts were broken. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, so we are we have a great show today. We're going to dig into what you might want to call the fifth sense, but we're actually going to talk today about haptic technology and here to, to enlighten us about the power behind haptics is the fabulous Josh Messenger. Ladies and gentlemen, let's have a big hand for Josh, a big tech hat welcome to Josh. Everyone calm down, calm down. Josh is the uh, head of advertising and content industry relationships at Immersion. And Immersion is has been in the haptic um, technology business for a long time. And I guess in the last year or so is really turning this around to be an advertising and marketing solution. So Josh, fill us in on what's going on in the space and give us a little background on you because you and I have known each other a long time, longer than probably either of us wants to admit. So <laughs> give us some of your background. I will happily admit it. And thank you for having me on. I've been a fan of, and I remember when you started Tech Cat Radio, and I've been a fan of yours for even longer. So the, the, <laughs> the, the, the post-Valentine's <laughs> love fest is, is mutual. <laughs> So yeah, so I've been tasked with bringing haptics, uh, which is the sense of touch, to marketers that are using mobile. Um, so day to day, this means I'm talking to brands and agencies, distribution partners, and publishers. Um, for those who don't know what haptics are, I know that there are, are, are probably many. Um, when you think about bringing the touch, the easiest, the sense of touch, the easiest thing to think about is if you've ever played Xbox or uh, PlayStation and you've held onto the controller and you felt that vibration that is synced up to the action that you're seeing on the screen. Um, th- those are haptics. That's actually our technology. It's Immersion's technology. Um, we we've developed and licensed that technology years ago. Um, so it's exciting. To be bringing and, um, and so so that's the stuff that basically when you shoot someone in a game you feel that vibration so it, your brain is telling you oh I I did something absolutely and it really brings a, a deeper sense of engagement um, we're seeing that both in advertising in my role but we've been seeing that through immersion for in, in um, content across the board for years immersions actually besides advertising is it's latest venture but it's been in those game platforms as we mentioned it's in automobiles so for lane avoidance or those types of or just touching a screen haptics come into play medical devices um think about internet of things and when you know a device that you're carrying will vibrate in different manners to notify you that something's going on haptics is is pretty prevalent and becoming even more so Uh, but i think most people the the layperson probably just doesn't even notice it because it's so ubiquitous Right, it's just been part of things. And so your background is that you have been very much involved in helping brands and agencies and marketers understand the latest tech, whether it's in an industry role, um, because I know you've done a lot of time with iMedia Communications and DigiTrends, or whether you're working for a new technology company. What what are some of the you know skill sets you think for someone in your space? Like, what do you have to be able to do to communicate to brands new stuff? I think the first thing you need to be able to do is just listen to what their needs are. I think that they brands are hit so often, brands and agencies are hit so often with new technologies and new opportunities, especially in the digital marketing space, that um, they put a very, uh, you know, kind of, I, I am the uh, the pocket knife that can, that can solve whatever your problem is. And usually people don't stop and listen to what their actual, what marketers' actual problems are that they're trying to solve. So I think that's first and foremost. And then second is just being kept abreast of, of the latest trends. And, you know, I'm probably a junkie like you on um, consuming media within the space. You have to be excited about it. You have to have a passion about it. Marketers are passionate about, you know, their products, about what they do, about their professions. And you have to match them for it. You have to have that, uh, you have to be, have that same faith. So if someone was going to, and we're going to talk more about immersion and what the skill sets are there, um, what, what you're bringing to the table there, but as someone who is sitting down with marketers and explaining something new to them, you know, has it changed since years ago or are, are marketers and CEOs and CMOs more open 
to learning about new stuff? Like, is the sales cycle for new tech shorter now? Because, you know, new tech is rolling out so much faster than it used to and consumers are adapting so quickly. Like, have you seen a change in sort of how brands are playing? Sure. I think there's a little bit of a paradox. So, so <laughs> it's yes and no. I think brands are absolutely changing and adapting at a very fast pace. Um, when I first started, digital was early and digital were the people in the back room in the closet. Um, and that has really changed. It's, it's mainstream. There is, if where there are still silos, they are being broken down at a very fast pace. And as part of that, people need to adapt to new technologies and very sophisticated technologies and strategies behind them. Um, and that, that is their day to day. Absolutely. But they're also being hit with endless options, and they have to be a filter, and they have to say no constantly as well. So while you know, on the good side, there is many new options and many different, different ways of getting your message out there. And, you know, these are new channels, but their um, end goals are really the same as they've always been, right? It's to sell more things, is to get their brand to be known better. So once you filter in that practice, put in that filter, that lens, um, it's not that different. And is is um, for you because you have sold so many different things. When you're looking now at haptics, um, you know, is it is it an easy story to tell because it has been in market, you know, for a long time. Just all all the people you're talking to are consumers, so it literally has been in market for a while. Yeah. So it's uh, it, the reason I uh, jumped at this opportunity. Um, was one, I was interested in getting back into practicing and not, not just pontificating about uh, 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 about the space. Um, and two is it's not very often that a new sense gets activated within marketing. Um, it's yeah, not that's very so often. true. That's, I hadn't thought about it like that. Like, this is a rare moment in time. It is. And, and I have some colleagues internally who are from the advertising space as well who same, same exact thing has motivated them. You, you know, different types of formats of, let's say, rich media come come along different incarnations of video where you could place video you know outstream video you talk about but those are different uh mixtures of the same exact thing that we've been experiencing for a while they're just maturation of of how those things are displayed touch is different um you know how, how often have you been feeling a video on your phone that's uh that's new Right. That, that, that's so fantastic. So um, in terms of, you know, what you guys are looking at for marketers, and we're, we're going to take a break in a moment, but really what we're talking about here is that right now, when I watch a, a piece of video and there's an ad in that video, what you guys are now doing is taking that same haptic technology that's been in gaming devices and in screens and in other objects in our world, and you are helping to bring that, that new sense to the ad on the phone. Absolutely, and uh, absolutely, which has a, a myriad of benefits, which I know that we'll want to talk about. Um, but it's exciting, you know. It's exciting because it's a creative platform. It allows brands to do storytelling, deeper, more uh, rich storytelling, and it allows them to get a, a heavier ROI on their on their media spend. So it's really, it's across the board. It's a win. It's fantastic. Yeah, and the, you were telling me we, we hung out at the Consumer Electronics Show, and one of the things that you were telling me that I thought was so fascinating is that your brain kind of tricks you because the the phone is actually only like vibrating in one place but because of whatever ever the creative is on the ad your brain kind of tells you that the the sense is coming from that spot on the ad even though in reality it's like the same place on the phone sure we have some ux people at our company who are way smarter at talking about the stuff than i am but <laughs> I mean, if you think about um and everything else if you think about the word feeling right feeling something feeling something means that sense of touch feeling something is also emotion right and we as human beings are really wired to the sense of touch it's one of our most primal instincts so it our, our brain interprets and is able to make um listen there are, are complicated effects that we can create but our brains are are wired to be able to connect the dots between what we are seeing visually and what we are feeling through through our hands. That's so cool. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break with um, with Josh Messenger, and we're going to come back and really get into what Immersion is doing with these ads and how haptic technology is kind of blowing up 
creativity um, in, in advertising, in storytelling in general, on mobile phones, and, and really launching a whole new era of immersive content for marketers. So we're going to be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with Josh Messenger from, from Immersion, and I'm calling you the immersive guru. Do you like that? <laughs> or the hap- Or the haptic dude? Something like that. We'll haptic be back <laughs> in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the fabulous Josh Messenger from Immersion. And Josh and I are old buddies and have done a lot of different work at a lot of different companies. But one of the things that we both know is that in order for marketers and advertisers to jump into anything, they need data. They love research. They love marketing studies that help prove that a new tech is going to play out. So you guys did a research study with the IPG Media Lab, Magna, um, and were there other folks involved in that as well? It was it was IPG basically. Correct, and and four of their different brands. And four um, of the so different brands, right? Across Sorry. different verticals. And of course, the IPG Media Lab is was my my baby a long time ago. So it's comforting to know that they're still doing interesting things. <laughs> my first my first uh, I think move as uh, when I took this role was to say we need to call up IPG Media Lab. I first came into contact th- of them uh, through you when you were running it. So I am a huge fan. Well, I'm, I'm glad they're still still doing some cool stuff. So, talk to us about some of the data points that came out of this research, and you did it with with four different brands. You said, yeah, we did it with. Let's see if I can if I have them all memory. We did it with BMW. We did it with Arby's, um, with uh, Princess Cruise, and with Truvia. So, so basically, excuse me, basically four different business categories really looking at the future of, of mobile advertising. Um, and all, all of them are very location-based um, um, categories. So and what was some of the research that came out from, from the work you did? Sure. So um, at the risk of, of boring everyone with just stats, um, we, it really showed some great effectiveness, that stickiness that we all, that we knew was quantified. So um, it shows that people who watch uh, video, these are premium videos we were looking at, um, mainly 15s, 15-second uh, advertising spots. They were 44% happier with haptics. They were 38% uh, more excited about the brand with, uh, and more excited about the content with haptics. That We saw a 50% lift in brand favorability, which is huge, right? That's one of the main brand measurements. We saw uh, a 25% purchase intent increase for new customers. This is, if you calculate that into, obviously we're getting paid within, within this, but if you calculate in the our pricing, that was still a 68% savings on brand favorability. So really big increase. And, and what was really exciting for me is when you think about haptics and you were mentioning gaming before and you think about a gun firing or explosions, what we saw was um, this really cuts across all verticals. 
lower density haptics, the less less frequent appearance of haptic effects, actually still has the, the highest impact on the end user. You don't have to hit them over the head with it. Um, so we tested auto, CPG, QSR, and travel, but really their findings were this would, and their recommendation was this works for all the different brands they recommend, that they uh, work with. Pretty fantastic uh, for us. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love that. I, I love especially the stat of 75% increased ad awareness because I know when I'm watching a piece of video content and the ad comes on, <laughs> I know I have to watch the ad. You can't always forward the ad, but I just kind of put up with it. But I did get to play um, at CES with some of your ads. And maybe you can describe, like, what the experience is of an ad with haptic, which is, you know, hard to do with audio. But um, but but it kind of blows you away because it turns it into this other thing. You know, it makes it fun. And all of a sudden, you're... Um, your body's experiencing something, and I don't mean to make it sound, you know, um, pornographic, but, <laughs> but you are really experiencing something. Can you can you give a, an ad example? Sure. Well, we have quite a few ad examples. So there's a few different types of haptics. So so at the most basic level that I think everyone recognizes, we have uh, uh, an award-winning uh, Peugeot campaign, and when you feel, when you see the engine, and or sorry, when you see the car, and when you feel the engine rev. It literally revs with it. It revs in your hand. So you're you. It's an unmistakable feeling, right? You. Everyone has been in a car and knows what that feeling is. If you wanted to feel it cornering cornering uh, around to the left, you could feel it go from right to left. There's a lot of different things that you can uh, mimic within within our effects. Um, what's interesting to me is besides being able to right describing a feeling is kind of like describing a taste. It's a little it's a little complicated. So if we go back to those stats I was talking about earlier, the, the 44% happier and the 38% more excited, what's really interesting is brands talk a lot about storytelling, right? And they really want to connect in meaningful ways. This allows you to do that. So there's that effect I just described that was a very literal effect, but what happens if you want to build anticipation? What happens if you want to create an emotional moment? And imagine building excitement through a heartbeat that's increasing. It doesn't even have to be shown on the screen, but it can be a part of, and it could be a part of that narrative, a part of that story, and really draw the user in in different ways. Or it could tie in with the music and the soundtrack, right? There's a lot of different ways to, to, to be able to leverage these, um, these feelings towards the creative that is being felt on the screen. Yeah, I think my favorite ad that you guys showed was um, there was an ad where a little girl was dancing around the room and she was continuously knocking things. Mm-hmm. Was that for insurance or something? That was, I, I should have that memorized. I don't, that's actually the favorite of quite a few people um, uh, on my team. So uh, yeah, that, I think, that draw, I think, really draws you in. Yeah, it's an insur- it's insurance spot. And you see this little girl doing ballet dances, but she almost knocks like down in the house all these beautiful, expensive things. And so every time she knocks something, the phone kind of vibrates. And um, and, it, and you actually have an emotional moment where you're like, oh, no, that thing's going to break. You know what I mean? Um, and and that, that blew me away because I wasn't just watching an ad anymore. You know, I was like inside the content, which is an, a nice parallel when we look at all the other trends in our space right now, um, which is VR and AR and HDR on, in your living room, and 4K and 8K, and just all the things that are happening to content now to remove us from that sort of, you know, proscenium experience and really suck us in inside of the content? Mm-hmm. No, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, it makes it really human, right? I, I keep thinking about whenever I see that spot and just hearing you talk about it again. Um, I've got three kids. I, I feel that I see that in reality through my house. You feel a bump across the house. You know something that's going uh, something is going on, right? <laughs> yeah. These are really visceral, t- deep reactions. So, you know, this can be used across a variety of different storytelling mechanisms. It's great. And so, when you're out talking to brands now and you're selling this idea, are you um, speaking to just the digital side of the house? Are you talking to the creatives? Are you talking to the buyers? Like, who's who's the one now at the agency or at the brand that is really going to be looking at this? Sure. So, it's really twofold. So, when we're talking about the agency, we're talking to both the creative and the media folk alike, right? Because for creatives, they love it for storytelling. Um, it's It's, I'd say the mobile medium and where it is today, it's complicated, right? That you can't separate the message from the medium. So 
creative can be informed by the technologies, by that media, by, by where it's appearing. So it's, you, you can't just talk to one constituency. So we're talking to the creatives. We're talking to the chief creative officers. We're talking to the, to, to the people who have boots on the street and are creating this in, in these, these spots in real time. We're also talking to the media teams. Um, you know, our, our, our dream would be for content to be created with haptics in mind. But the pragmatist in, in us is, okay, you're going to take existing pieces of content, they're great pieces of content, and you can apply haptics to them after the fact. Sometimes that comes to the creative team, but more often than not, that comes to the media team. Um, just, just as often, you know, we're talking to brands, whether they are uh, CPG companies or whether they are or auto or entertainment, um, the, the brands are very interesting. They want to tell their stories in different ways, and, and they get it right away, and they're pushing their agencies um, as well to, to adopt this technology. So um, pretty fantastic in terms of the, the across all sides of the house of the response that we get. People see so it like that. Yeah, they like it. Well, and it, like you said, it's it's the dawn of this new era and a new sense. Um, and and in terms of publishers, these ads work in the sort of typical selling model in that the publisher might be selling this in a sort of CPM model, and the advertiser has to request your technology. Or is there a different model for how this goes? So it's both. So part of the the job of talking, and part of my job and my team's job is talking to advertisers, brands, and agencies, and getting them excited about the ROI off of their current spend, getting them to be excited about the, the storytelling aspects. The other side is talking to publishers and distribution partners, you know, exchanges, SSPs, et cetera, about, um, about how this makes their, um, their inventory more valuable. They're, they're selling it for us. They're out there. Um, you know, Ad Colony has been a partner of ours since since day one in the advertising space. So they're out there um, selling this stuff directly. Um, we want this stuff to propagate, where, uh, proliferate, I should say, throughout the uh, ecosystem and what and whatever is easiest for people to buy it on. Um, they they really love it. It gives them something different to talk about. It's solving some um, existing issues that that people may have. It's a differentiator. Um, they love talking about brand storytelling, not just on the publisher side, not just meet, uh, the media itself. And what we found through that IPG study was it actually, because of that happiness and excitement factor being so high, it has a halo effect on the properties on which it appears. So people take that, that same pleasure from the creative and apply it to the site that they're on as well. So it's really win-win. Yeah, I, I, I love I love the whole thing. Now, this is available right now on a- Android devices and not on iPhones yet. Is that the next rollout? So that's a, a tricky one for us. It is on Android. It's a tricky in the sense that I can't really talk too much about the um, iOS question. If you searched Immersion and Apple, you'd get some uh, some uh, some details uh, about what's going on between our companies. So the companies are <laughs> talking, but. Uh, it's. Uh, I guess I can say it's, it's litigious of nature at this uh, <laughs> at this stage. So. Well, that's so, that's so annoying. All right. Well, well, I'm only in the sense that you know they're such a big company, and especially ju- just specifically for the U.S. market. But, um, you know, I, I I have a feeling that with you know uh, iPhone eight, a lot of this stuff is going to roll out, which is what Tim Cook's been alluding to anyway. Um, so. Um, you know, and obviously in all of these things, whenever you're rolling out new technology, it's always the, the distribution piece um, and who can have access to it, you know. Um, but I, I've, you know, what, what happens, I think, to most of us is once we get a taste of that new tech, we expect it all the time. And I do think that consumers, once they start experiencing haptic in these stories, that's going to be the expectation. And when ads and content don't have it, they're going to be missing something. Just like sure. you, you can't do standard def anymore. Sure, I mean, I, exactly. My, you're so you're so attuned to it as an end user. I mean, wearing that hat, the iOS question is a is a is an obvious one. I get it daily. Um, I have an iPhone and I have an Android, and you know the iPhone Seven has haptics built into it. And um, I, going back to an older phone, one of my kids' phones, I feel that missing as part of the experience. I want that feedback and that becomes very quickly part of your expectation 
So, yeah, I, I completely agree. All right, well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to unpick Josh's head. Um, what are some other marketing trends and technology that are rolling out now that you as someone who has really been sitting inside of this world for such a long time are really excited about and how you think consumers are going to be reacting and where do you see all of this technology going in the next six months? How will you position Immersion in all of this? So we're going to be back in a moment with the fabulous Josh Messenger from Immersion, the haptic tech guy. See, I'm changing your name every time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back with the fabulous Joss Messenger talking about haptic technology, which is that sense of touch that is now showing up in a variety of devices and through um, our friend here at Immersion, rolling this, 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 what are we calling it, the fifth sense? Um, I mean, I know it's not um, M. Shyamalan's scary movie, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this idea of adding touch to, to experiences. So now we understand that this is rolling out. It's going to be a new creative channel in advertising. What are some of the other new technologies that are rolling out that you as sort of a, you know, someone who has been packaging up new tech for brands over the last few years, what are you looking at that turns you on? Sure. So we, uh, as you said before, we uh, were both at CES together and, and I saw a lot of the same kind of large trends. Everyone loved to talk about Alexa and Google Home and, and, and the voice control that's coming. And I think that's great. I think there's a little bit, even though AR and VR was heavily covered, I think there's still, we're, we're way behind on the distribution side. So I think that that's a little bit overhyped. What, what I really look at are some overarching trends. And I think, you know, how media consumption is changing, although it's been so talked about and so hyped, I still think it's underplayed. Uh, and I think we're just hitting a new maturation point in media. And, and what that point is, is I, I think it's becoming easier and easier uh, to, to sync these different technologies, to connect these different talk technologies for non-tech need. So, Lori, I know you've been an early adopter since day one. I certainly Yes. Have, right? <laughs> yes. But it's, it, it's a very different experience. For Think about for the day-to-day user being able to, um, you just use Netflix on a series of different devices and having a similar experience that's easy and it remembering you and your, pref- your preferences, both in what you want to watch and your place in videos. I mean, we're seeing that across things like iCloud and Google and Facebook and signing into sites. And I think that's the actual maturation that's taking place. And that's really affecting how how people consume video. Making it easy to use and ready for the masses makes things makes um, new adoption much more rampant. We just saw. Um, I was just watching about uh, technology Cavo that was just uh, that was announced um, yesterday. Technology. What did you call it? Cavo. C A A V O. It um, was announced at uh, uh, Walt's uh, Code Media. Right, and, right, right, right. And so if you're like me, you've got, I don't know, seven different remotes in front of your, your TV. All of them aren't talking to each other. All of them are difficult to use. This takes all these in and combines it into one remote and allows you to not just pull up your Apple TV media, not just pull up your um, your, your Roku device or whatever else you're connected to, your, your dish, um, but it allows you to link directly into that content, deep, deep link into that content. So that is a fundamental shift of just 
anyone being able to use it. And I think that that is, that's really the, a lot of the last mile uh, that's, that's really getting people to, to change their very, uh, their, their consumption patterns. So that gets me excited. Right, so so because that's the that's always the break point, right? Is that you launch this new thing, but no one can have access to it. We're trying to change people's natural uh, behavior, consumption patterns. That doesn't work. You got to fit into how they consume. Totally. Right, and that is to me one of the challenges with VR. Right, is that I have to put something on my face. I need glasses, whether it's a you know, Samsung headset or whether it's cardboard, Google cardboard or whatever it is. But I feel like that is, you know, it's just one of those things where I have to do something else. Whereas with augmented reality, if I can just lift up my phone, it's a different game. So, you know, anything that's kind of already slightly built in seems to me will have an easier sell to the consumer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, uh, and ultimately easier monetization because, you know, I just saw some fantastic future of VR, future of content stuff at the Lumiere Awards, which is VR Society's awards. And that stuff was fantastic, but um, I hadn't seen most of it because I don't have all of the different setups at home. I don't have a Vive at home. I don't have a Sony PlayStation um, VR setup at home. So I, I've never seen a lot of this stuff. Now, it's not hard for me to go to a colleague because everyone in this town um, that I know is in VR right now. But um, for, if I was like a regular person in the Midwest and I didn't have an expensive setup, I couldn't watch any of this stuff. So, you know, you have to like, to your point, even if you're an earlier doctor, you have to keep that stuff, um, um, you know, in perspective. Um, now, are you into um, artificial intelligence at all? I yeah, mean, besides, I, besides for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am a very, um, th- that is what, what, what is probably coming to fruition the fastest, and that uh, I'm probably more interested in that even than the AR and VR. I, I cannot wait for AR to reach its, its tipping point. That's the holy grail, but, but AI is very interesting. Um, you know, AI, if you get into, there's the kind of end user experience and how that is maturing. And then there's in marketing and mar- uh, marketing technology, how AI is helping um, the buying process, the media buying process. So across the board, I'm seeing huge changes. And I know I, myself, my colleagues, that's that's probably the most non-political thing that's posted about on, on my Facebook feed. <laughs> right. So many of our Facebook feeds have been taken over by politics. Um, and do you have do you have Amazon Alexas or Google Home throughout your home? I'm embarrassed to say, and I get ridiculed by this constantly. I don't. While I'm a huge fan of of both of those, you know, I'm still tied to most of what I would use it for. Is I always have my phone on me. Most of what I would use it for is music, and I am so hooked on my Sonos system um, that uh, that I don't see that being reproduced. That like I get it. I know, I know it's inevitable, um, but um, I'm not. But I've worked with a lot of different companies who are both integrating and, and building apps for, and so I am a huge proponent of both of those platforms. I mean, my house is just filled with them. Is there anything that you've brought home lately for your kids to explore that, that you're okay about them playing with that you know falls into this like new technology area? Because there's so much work being done now with kids' toys and... Um, all these new robotic things and things like that that teach your kids that STEM-like content, you know, engineering and that kind of thing. God, I, I love that you think that I get to give them permission or that uh, <laughs> they're not bringing it home to show me as opposed to me bringing it home to show them. Um, you know, the, the I will say for my daughter, who's 12, um, finding the phone is just completely attached to her. And, you know, I keep going in and yelling at her to get off the phone. And next thing I know, she's showing me what she's doing. And she is working on a school project. She's doing research um, on it. And, you know, I sound like the oldest man in the world. But it's pretty fascinating how she's using it and how she's using it to communicate. Um, this isn't new, but things like Musical.ly and being able to be social and be creative, those things are huge within our household for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've continuously bringing home, um, you know, Things that will teach my daughter at seven coding, mm-hmm. um, you know, anything that will teach her coding, anything that will kind of, um, uh, you know, showcase this this cause and effect kind of thing. Because I feel like in order to be competitive, um, that's what we need. 
I think you to know. be competitive, my 10-year-old son, we've been talking about coding as well, um, similarly. And I think to be competitive, it's absolutely imperative. But also just, I think, to be creative, to be able to, you know, when you talk about Alexa, brands are just jumping on and creating their own integration points with their products or their services. But my son wants to do that himself. He wants to be, go and create these experiences for things that, for his ideas. And you got to be, you know, whether it's actual coding, whether it's learning if this, then that, you know, wh- whatever it is, you really need to be a, a conversant in all these things. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm very bullish on, on the same. So when, when, again, as a marketer, and you're looking at consumer adoption, um, does the fact that you have all these um, kids who are coming up now and who are going to um, have that skill set or have been exposed to this type of gaming, um, do you guys talk about that when you're when you're plotting along looking at things? Do I talk about that with my kids or do I talk no about no at, at work because you really are dealing with oh, yeah. um, you know we're really dealing with. Um, a crazy world now, right? Absolutely. Both both in my current job with Immersion, with um, through running Videonomics and and iMedia before before that, um, this has been talked about for years. And I mean, I think about at, at its most base level, and this is probably not new to anyone who's listening, but for my kids um, to reach them, you're not going to hit them through a 30 second spot on TV. I mean, zero percent of their con- consumption goes through the TV or or next to it. Um, you're going to hit them through these apps, through these devices that they're using, or you're going to hit them through, you know, out, out of home type of experiences. That's that's it. R- radio doesn't exist for them. I mean, maybe a little bit in the morning, but for the most part, they're streaming. They're picking their own their, their own avenues. And how do you reach them? And how do you reach them in terms of what channels? But also, how do you reach them in a way that's meaningful, that's going to jive with their interests? That's huge focus right right and, and I do I do I think about this a lot as um, if I'm sitting down with a brand or an, or an entertainment company to kind of share like what the 10 year olds are doing mm-hmm. you know what I mean because that that, that time is going to come fast and you're going to be building products for this like really completely differently educated consumer right the biggest yeah. trend I've seen and the biggest disconnect that I've seen for, for years is starting to get a little better in the last year and a half is this this disconnect between forgetting even kids, adults, marketers mm. will um, buy and create in a manner completely different than how they themselves consume. So all of their time is shifting to mobile, and yet they've still been you know hung up on. Look, I'm not a guy who says TV is dead or anything of the sort, but they don't buy according to their own behavior. They don't they don't treat consumers how. Uh, how they want to be treated as well. So I think that that's, you know, th- there might be a backlash coming there on, on there as well. Um, there's a book I was just, uh, I've, I've been starting to dig into and just heard a great uh, fresh air interview about by Joseph Thoreau called The Isles Have Eyes, uh, how retailers track your shopping, strip your privacy and define your power. Look, it's stuff that within in terms of how we are tracking um, purchases and how we're collecting data on people that, you know, anyone who's savvy in digital marketing has known for years but it's very conceivable that there's a backlash coming. So how does that change once some of that data is cut off? How does that change if that happens? How does that change um, what your tool set is? And what's your responsibility as a marker as well as you're delving into these new areas? But mobile is certainly the battleground where all of this is taking place. It was digital, it's now mobile. Right, right, right. And do you think that word mobile will go away because has it lost its meaning yet? I was just having a conversation with two very senior agency execs uh, yesterday about why are we even saying the word mobile anymore? <laughs> it's just right, so right. ubiquitous, right? <laughs> right, and and even when we talk about CS again and the trends around autonomous vehicles, we don't even talk about autonomous vehicles anymore, but we're looking at the trend of mobility and how people are moving around and experiencing content. So it's not even the device anymore. Now it's physically like how is someone moving through space and then what will be the screen they encounter, right? I so now, that's, you know, right. devices are gone. Like it's, I'm not talking about the third screen anymore. I'm just talking about air. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, when you talk about Alexa or if you talk about what happens when, um, you know, uh, um, screen projecting uh, a screen onto anything. So anything becomes something that you can look at and touch and interact with. These things are either in the marketplace or just around the corner. Um, you know, Fitbit. I mean, is that is that mobile? 
What, what right. is it? Is it some right. other thing? I, I, I don't know what the definition of, of that and that's And that stuff, too, is all being built into clothes as well. So now, like, you know, it's not like a sports device. Or am I swallowing a Bluetooth camera for my doctor? What's that? You know? Mm-hmm. Like it's malpractice, just, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Indigestion. Um, I don't want to see what's inside. Um, I bet you I'll see some keys and some socks because those are the two things that always seem to be missing. Um, and glasses, too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think we are really lo- leaving a world where objects and things had a specific context, right? And that everything now, because of the IoT, because of immersive uh, solutions, everything is kind of losing its singularity. Um, it just becomes your experience with the world. Absolutely. Yeah, it really does. Well, we're going to take a last break now. When we come back, I want to find out a little bit about how you keep up because you have done so much industry work. You've been like a leader in connecting brands, marketers, content companies. So you have to really stay in the know. So I want you to share with our listeners how Josh Messenger, the immersive haptic cool guy keeps connected (laughs) she said it not me so many names so many so much time all right we'll be back in a moment on the tech cat show voice america business network the bottom line in business The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hello, everybody, and we are back for our last segment with the fabulous Josh Messenger from Immersion. And Josh has been sharing a lot of different trends and behaviors that are really impacting the future of marketing in many ways, specifically this culture that has moved to mobile and whatever we want to talk about it, and also the need to create really immersive content experiences for brands and marketers because that's what consumers are expecting. So my question to you, Josh, is how do you keep up with all of this? Like really, what is your day-to-day to, to keep up? Because I know a lot of our listeners are all struggling with what's new, what's relevant, what should I pay attention to? Sure. So I will, self, I will admit right off the bat that I am a total media junkie. So... Um, I am, and I probably sound like an old, uh, digital old man in that I'm still a huge RSS junkie. Um, reading feeds is just, I, I love drinking from the, the fire hose. Um, so, so you set up, do you use a particular feed reader? A Feedly is, uh, the, is the pin tab at the front of every browser I have. So okay, yeah, got it. <laughs> that is old school, but it still works. It still works. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's highly digestible. It's searchable. It's a great way to just forward onto a friend. Um, so I'm a, a huge junkie on there. I read, you know, most of the industry, um, uh, the, the different industry sites that I'm sure you and everyone else does from Wall Street Journal to Adweek to AdAge to Business Insider. Ours Technica, a little bit more technical, Mashable, still, still pay attention to. And then, 
you know, and then I like to deep dive into design blogs and a lot of different areas where there's just creativity and there's inspiration that, that you can tie back into. Um, you know, if we're all reading the same thing and talking about the same thing, it gets kind of boring. So when you can kind of leverage in back in the arts or leverage back in where people are using these different technologies in more cutting edge ways, it's, it's fast, fantastic. So, so design is a really, especially, I mean, look, the company that you're at now is all about UI and the experience, but design is a really important part of our future, right? Because these, these devices and how they speak to the cloud and what services they provide you, that is all going to be about the human experience. So now design all of a sudden, once again, takes this really important role. Absolutely. I mean, that's as important as it gets. So we were talking about earlier, you know, all these different video channels that you could be watching and, and it's still been very hard to to brew that down to one UI, to one experience. You're watching it on one, you know, at a given time, you're watching it on one screen, but um, those screens don't, those, those pieces don't talk to each other. And whether it's in the more digital, like we've been talking about, or in, in the um, in the physical world, I mean, you, you love working with something that actually works, right? Got, got it. I mean, to me, um I always find I always find myself like trying to start the day out with reading all the stuff that you're talking about and paying attention to everything, and then something happens, and I have to um, at the end of the day read what happened in the morning again because I get <laughs> distracted. And I think it's so much better like if you have a behavioral thing in motion where you go through all your journals and you go through all your feeds, and then you have a set way to do it so that you're in the know. Yeah, I mean the other the other area within that, and I definitely get um, I try to get some patterns down and carve out time for each of them. I am a huge podcast junkie as well, and um, you know when I go bike riding, I, I have been a lifeline huge music fan. I was that kid in high school who had thousands of CDs and was really into. But once I switched over and started listening to to people talking and using it as a time to inform myself and win it back, it really became a, a great creative outlet. Just just listening and and thinking about these different areas. So. I mean, podcasts, whether you're commuting, whether you're working out, whether you're just running an errand becomes a whole different way to, to reclaim that time and, and educate yourself, either what's, whether it's professionally or on these different um, creative outlets. It's, it's fantastic. You know, we have to get um, more marketers to sponsor the Tech Cat Show. So um, I'll, I'll cut you into some of that deal. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in. We'll, we'll talk about some people that we, we we both know that we can leverage. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm definitely taking the lunch. Um, so the the other question I have for you is what what trade shows do you feel like you have to go to? So I know I know you you go to CES. What what else do you make sure you attend? So I am biased because I come from that world and have created some of these different shows. So you know I'm still involved in mobile nomics and in video nomics. A company uh, through VMA, a company started. I'm obviously a big fan of those. I'm, but ultimately, I can't. Uh, Can Lion, I'll be going to this year. I just went to the IAB Leadership Forum. I thought that was fantastic. I've done some private uh, uh, through the Mobile Marketing Association events. I think they do a fantastic job. Greg Stewart's leadership is is great there. Um, I I am a fan. Of, I did my first CES this year. Um, you know, I'm a fan of the smaller get. A couple hundred people together, tops, and um, get them out of a city location. So they have to sit and focus and talk, and they don't um, spread the wind. I think as long as you're getting a good senior group of people together, you can't lose. You know, uh, Digiday does some fantastic events with them. Yeah, I, lo- I love what Digiday does too. I think they do great. And I do love, to your point, sort of deeper dive into a specific category rather than a show that tries to cover everything. And, you know, as someone who makes a living curating a lot of those shows that cover everything, uh, you know, I recognize that that's, that has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but um, you know, there's almost more learning that happens on the deeper dive shows. Sure. I mean, at CES, you're leading tours. So that's yeah. fantastic. That gets you a deep dive. And that's, you know, for the people who are fortunate enough to go on those, that's a fantastic experience. But if you have to figure it out on your own, it's a mess, right? Yeah. You're better off doing a recap, you know, back, uh, back, back off of Engadget or, or, or Mashable or some other uh, type of site, right? But there, there is so much access to so much great content that um, while what is on stage matters at these conferences, matters greatly, who is in the audience? You're there to network. You're there to meet people. You're there to make connections. It's still, we talk about automation and programmatic and big data so often within um, digital marketing, 
but it is a relationship-based business. And so knowing these people, knowing that there's a trust there, that is hugely important and can't be downplayed in, uh, if you want to be uh, successful. So do you think um, Twitter is still relevant <laughs> besides the role it's playing in, um, in Trump's administration? But do you think it's relevant as a marketing channel? Are people, um, are you someone that has built Twitter channels and you read them every day? I have built them. Um, I consume a great bit. Um, you can reach me at Josh Mess. Uh, I don't tweet a whole lot, but I sure am on that platform a lot, and, and not just for political. I mean, it's a great way to, to when you don't want to deep dive into reading an article, um, or, or just as a, as a way to finding different articles. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is a good platform. I have a complicated relationship with Twitter, as I'm sure you do, I mean, between <laughs> how it's been taken over by politics, as well as you know, hearing, hearing a lot of the, the, the same voices saying the same thing over and over again. But, you know, that's our job as curators, right? Right, to, look at, to kind of look at everything. Well, okay, so where can people find out more about what Immersion is up to? Sure. So Immersion is www.immersionimmersion.com. Um, you can reach out to me, J-M-E-S-S-I-N-G-E-R at immersion.com. Hit me on Twitter, all the normal channels, LinkedIn me. Um, happy to chat. Yeah, and the thing to keep in mind, too, is Immersion has been around a long time as the, a leader in haptic tech. So your your foray into marketing and, and advertising and content is relatively new, but you guys are the ones that have really been deeply entrenched in haptic um, for many years. Over 22 years experience there, and, and many of the people at the company have been there a long time and are still um, creating amazing new pieces of technology that ride much of what the future is bringing. So, Well, that's cool. You'll have to invite us um, or someone like myself over to <laughs> to, to learn about it. Right. But we, we have been talking with Joshua Messenger, who is head of advertising and industry relationships at e Immersion. And Immersion, of course, is a haptic technology company and just all sorts of great things coming from Immersion around taking that um, haptic technology and embedding it inside of um, advertising and storytelling to, to, to create a whole new new experience. So we're very excited to have gotten to talk to you and check out what Immersion is doing. And if you're a business or a company, um, reach out to Josh so you can learn how to leverage this, uh, this the, the future um, in, your, in all your advertising, right? Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I've been such a, as you know, I've been such a huge fan of yours for, for years and years. So it's great to get to be on your show. It's, uh, show it's like being cash. on Terry Gross or something. This is exciting. <laughs> Thank you so much, Josh. This is Lori H. Schwartz, your Tech Cat. Looking forward to talking to you guys again next week. Don't forget to join us on the Tech Cat Show. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 